Hey everybody, welcome to a, another episode of the IC109 podcast. I'm your host, Larry Wiggs, and I'm about to give my buddy uh, Marquise a call. Let me tell you a little bit about Marquise before I give him a call. Um, Marquise was my um, apartment manager uh, back in 2005 in Culver City, California, and Marquise was um, impressed me. Marquise was impressive. He impressed me the first time I met him because his amount of energy, his wit, um, and personality were just, you know, different. And uh, I was like, it was a breath of fresh air for me. Um, You see, Marquise um, was a Los Angeles transplant. And so he was filled with all of this this energy that me, uh, a native Angelino, um... Uh, you know, I was sort of jaded with life in Los Angeles, seeing it from one perspective. And here was this new vibrant energy that Marquise was uh, bringing to Los Angeles. And I was like, this guy, man, he's got it. And so when Marquise, you know, endeavored um, to enter into comedy, um, I told him, hey, you might be my um, my manager, apartment manager, but dude, um, I'm going to follow you. Cause you know you've got it. You you've got you know star quality. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to you know stick close. Cause what do what do they say? What what do they say? They say that when someone becomes a star, you always have that story. Hey, way back when I remember that I remember them when that sort of thing. You know. And um, anyhow, I would go to uh, Marquise's uh, shows uh, in Culver City and also on Sunset at the at the Comedy Store. And I'd be like, man, this dude is doing it. He's killing it. And um, he was, back then he was an inspiration. And even now, he's an inspiration. Because the dude, you know, he's showing me, showing me things. All right? And here's one more little tidbit. When I travel back to Los Angeles, um, after teaching English and all of that stuff for a number of years, I got back to L.A. and... Marquise and I met in Lamert Park, and I'll, you know, within an hour, maybe two hours of us meeting, uh, Marquise was already, <laughs> he was doing a play, and he gave me a call within two hours of me, within two hours of us meeting, you know, um, Marquise gave me a call and said, "Hey, you want to be in a play?" <laughs> I'm like, "Huh? What?" <laughs> Yeah, he's like, come on, man, get over here. Uh, we need someone to read this part or whatever. And I'm like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm confused, man. How are you making these things happen so, so rapidly, man? It's like, come on, man. And I had just purchased some tacos, um, and I think it was around Juneteenth, two thousand nineteen. Um, yeah, and Marquise was like, get your butt over here, man. I was like, well. They don't have my tacos ready yet. He was like, you better get over here. So I ran on over there to um to join the play. And then, uh, you know, 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes later, after reading um, the play just for rehearsal, um, I was able to uh, go back and get my tacos, I think eat those. But then thereafter, 15, 20, 30 minutes later, we were actually putting on the play. I mean, it happened so fast. And it was just a matter of, you know, knowing Marquise and being connected. And I thought, man, Marquise is something else. 
And I'm glad that he brought me in um, to that experience because, um, you know, Marquise is a mover and a shaker. He's into politics right now, but we're going to get into a little bit of that. I'm going to give him a call right now and uh, let him, you know, say what he has to say. I hear the phone ringing. I was having technical difficulties before, but I hear the phone ringing. Marquise, are you there? Yes. Okay, excellent, man. You ready to rock and roll with me? Yes. Okay, man. I'm sorry about that. Um, this time, you know, I was just filling the my audience in on uh, on you, giving some intro, you know, talking a little stuff about you, man, <laughs> that you, you weren't privy to. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, no, no. Just give him a little background, and then, um, yeah, and now I, I've got you on the line. So, man, I was telling him about that, that Lamert Park um, play and how within a, a couple of hours of us uh, reconnecting, meeting, you know, face-to-face, you had something lined up for me, man. And, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, how does brother do this? This dude is is magical. I'm like, dude, I've I've lived in LA all my life and things don't happen like that. <laughs> Within a couple of hours of us meeting, you're like, "Hey, get your butt over here, man. I I got I've got a part for you." I'm like, "Dude." <laughs> mhm. He just said, "Mhm." Like, "Yep, yep." <laughs> how you been, man? I've been amazing. How are you? Good, man. Man, I am. I'm doing well. I'm uh, loving life, and uh, I, I don't like to call it, you know, being in love. You know, I, I'm married, and yeah. Congratulations again. Thank you. I don't want to. You know, it's not. It's not being in love because being in love is like, it's. It's kind of. Uh, what a surreal imagined state that that Romeo Juliet kind of thing. I'm I'm with how do I I'm with the love of my life. So yeah. I don't know, man. We you know, love and life are are good with me, but not that not that um not that imaginary um heart fluttering type of love thing. It's something, you know. Whatever. Well, the the truth is, let it be whatever it is. Yeah. You don't have to define your love or whatever it is or not is through somebody else's lens. If you're in love, that's okay. If like the way that relationships work. Yeah. After a while, after the initial burst of oxytocin and all the chemical reactions that put us together, then it becomes the blending of two lives. It's how you spend your 24 hours, 168 hours, or 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week, and how you blend it with somebody else's 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week. It becomes about the time and routine that you guys establish together. Right on. The way that you guys support each other, the, the way that you communicate with each other, the bonds that you share, the trust that you give, the intimate secrets that you allow this other person to have in your life. Now, the the chemical reactions are beautiful. They're awesome. They're the stuff that makes the bond happen. 
However, over the long term, oh yeah, when people solely rely on that chemical reaction for what they get out of a relationship, they'll quickly find out it's like dopamine. It fades over time. Mm. Right. Man. Brother, you know your stuff because you just, man, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for you to break it down for me like that. But, man, right on, brother. Right on. Shoot. Mm-hmm. So, are you in Chicago now? Yeah, I'm living at my godmother's resort here in St. Anne, Illinois, near Aroma Park. Um, I literally am on the, I'm like looking out right now over the bank of the Iroquois River watching eagles fly overhead, goose nests, and listening to these little birds that are trying to uh, enter into this little gazebo where I'm hanging out right now. I heard some birds as you were speaking. Wow. Okay, man. So, and how's the uh, how's the weather out there? Oh, it's beautiful. Okay. Right now it's about seventy-one degrees. Uh, it's a clear, bright, sunshiny day. It's a little windy, which is what you're also hearing in the background. But you couldn't ask for a better day in the Midwest. Okay. How's it out there in California? Well, as I as I mentioned, you know, I just rolled out of bed. <laughs> And, um, you know, yesterday for the first half or the first part of the day, it was, uh, overcast and it, from, from my window here, I can, I can peer out a little bit and see that it's kind of overcast again today. So it wasn't, you know, bright, shiny and, and, you know, lovely. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, I think it's a little overcast from what I can see here. I mean, let me mm-hmm. let me scoot out a little bit. Yeah, possibly we might get some rain. I'm just guessing. I'm I'm just guessing. I don't, you know, I don't even look at the um, the weather forecasts. Um, yeah, I really trust my instincts, intuition. I look up in the sky and I study it for a minute, and I'm like, no, I think I think I'm good for a few hours, or uh, no, I think I better grab a a jacket or something like that. So things. It you know things are nice, but I think we might we might expect some um some rain sometime in a week or so. Not today though. You know, and that's oh, something. Yeah. yeah, that's something I did. I remember when I was in Korea, and I went and um, I left the house. Th- that's kind of something that I would do. I would walk outside, and then because I wasn't following the weather, well, actually in Korea I couldn't understand the language back then and so i couldn't look at the uh weather for i mean you can look at the symbols the signs and the symbols and and then understand um but i couldn't i didn't know where to look which website to go to so one day i remember just going outside i had a leather jacket on and um i took a trip man that was a mistake because it was pretty hot that day and i had that leather jacket on but that was my my lesson, um, you know, to look in look into the sky and make a make a decision from from that, you know, as to what what to wear, and that's been um, that's that's been a pretty good uh, indicator for me, man. Mhm. Yeah, haven't always 
relied on the on the weather channel and plus they're often wrong <laughs> they do get it wrong every once in a while but the truth is they're more right than wrong yeah however the beauty of being a human being is that unlike every other creature we have infinite adaptability to whatever the climate and surroundings are for us. And so it's incumbent upon any of us to be able to be prepared for whatever God, the universe, the creator, the climate, the atmosphere can provide for us. Mm. Right on. You caught me in a very deep mood today. So, yeah, and... So I introduced you as Marquise, but you go by Yogi Marquise. Mm-hmm. And you are definitely living up to that title, brother. You are you are spreading the, the light and the, and the wisdom, sharing it with me, man. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It's uh, It's been a journey. I'm finally embracing the fact that, yeah, I'm a mystical Negro. All right. <laughs> You know, like the ones that that show up in movies like Bagger Vance or anything <laughs> that Morgan Freeman is in. Yes. Black dude emerges out of the clouds, walks up, does some mystical shit, drops some bars, and then walks away. That's you. That's, me. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, man. Yep. And so I've started a, um, like right now, I'm starting uh, Yogi Marquis Meditations, All available right. anywhere that you can listen to your podcasts. Okay. Really just allow people to slow themselves down a bit, take a listen, be in the moment, and embrace the here and now. Yes. That's deep, man. Um, my thing has been, you know, the numbers, you know, 109, 10, 9 and all. And I, I would like to say that it's just, um, a matter of me encountering these numbers, seeing them and not looking for them. But at, at some point people say, you know, that it's a frequency, it's a, it's part of the subconscious and that, you know, the mind is so powerful that it's not so much that I'm just ha- I just happen to find them, but that I'm I'm bringing that experience, you know, to life. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's part of how powerful uh, the mind is. And um, and when I when I first like took notice of those numbers, I was alone. I mean, I spent a lot of the time, a lot of time alone in Korea, and I remember mm-hmm. riding a train, looking out the window, and just—I mean, I was—I was sitting by myself because I'm a black man in Korea, and the Koreans can be like, uh, "He's not like us," and I'm not sitting next to to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I'd have the seat, the road to myself, sitting there. I'd peer out the window on a long uh, train ride you know, with not much worry and care. And that was very much a Zen moment because it's like, 
what do you think about in those moments when, you know, everything is pretty much taken care of and you just, you're just there, just being in that moment. And, um, I don't know, I guess I kind of, um, vacillated, you know, um, between, you know, thoughts and, and, you know, life and, and, and my birth and, and that question, Mm -hmm. what, what am I here for? What are we here for? What's the meaning of life? And it always brought me around to, you know, the birth date. And I'm like, yeah, 10 9, that was my birthday. And I don't know, man. It was just a, I think I was in a kind of a Zen state because whenever I would see those numbers, it was a moment of, um, uh, of mindfulness. It was like, I know those numbers. That's my birthday. But I'm like, why? Why am I thinking about that? Well, in part, I was kind of free. Free to mm-hmm. focus, free to focus on whatever I was focusing. I wasn't encumbered with, you know, oh, the drama of the world and, you know, and, you know, what's the weather like today? I wasn't even focused on that. I'm just like, I'm just going to go free flow it, man. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. So just, well, yeah. The beauty of our minds. And it's where we're connected to everything else in the world. Us, our bodies, the air, the water, subway, are all made of the same protons, neutrons, and electrons, just rearranged in different fashions. All right. And in some ways, when you have the time to organize your mind, and in your, in your case, you organize your mind around your birthday, around your origin. Mm. And so... When you did that, it tuned that as a frequency for you so that everything that you saw became relevant in that way. Mm. It's in some ways like when you buy a car <laughs> and suddenly, all of a sudden, everywhere on the freeway is that same car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't suddenly happen. Those cars have always been there. mm you just now noticed it because you turned on your frequency. Mm, yeah. And also, the other thing happens is we're human beings. You have two feet and two toes, unlike the other things that are planted into the earth, like the plants, or you have the ability to uproot yourself from the soil you're in and place yourself into more familiar surroundings. Mm. So... What you do, whether you're conscious of it or not, is you put yourself in situations where your frequency can show up more. Mm. So you notice the birthdays of your heroes that share the birthday with you. It's not that it's not that they were suddenly born on that day. It's like they become part of your spirit animal. They're all in tune with you just like you're in tune with them. And so because you're moving yourself to that place and then the world starts moving to where you are, you kind of, you kind of meet in that, where you're, that resonance, where everything starts to come together. I hear you, Marquise, but the the one thing that, that, you know, I'm going to push back on is like, okay. I'll give you an example. I was in Saudi Arabia and I turned on Netflix and on Netflix popped up uh, Schindler's List. 
and it's a movie that I had um, been impressed upon by my teachers, you know, uh, probably 20 years before it popped up, before I was in um, Saudi Arabia, um, you know, turning on the TV. 20 years prior, I was impressed, you know, with this idea, watch Schindler's List, it's important. And I'm like, I'm in that moment, I'm, I'm like resting, bored, mind is free, and I'm just like, Oh, there's Schindler's List. I have I've never seen that. That's an important film. I better watch it. And I just watched it. And there were, you know, Netflix wasn't wasn't informing me a week before. Net uh, on Netflix next week. Schindler's List. Steven Spielberg's film. Yada. Liam Neeson. Blah 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 blah. None of that. It was just that moment. There I was, free. The movie was on, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch it. I watched it and I'm 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 already um hit with the sense of man this is peculiar that the movie is on I'm free and I'm going to watch I'm going to sit here and watch this this film. And then at the end of the movie I'm so moved by it I'm like man that was a a tremendous uh life a tremendous movie um I'm like I'm curious about this man. Marquise, I go and I do a quick wiki search at the end of you know watching the movie and I'm like let me learn more about Oscar Schindler. I start punching in his name, and there it is, his Wikipedia page, and I find that he died on 10-9. And I'm like, oh. Now, now for me, my mind goes into, okay, so this this is, it. part of it is me, you know, being, putting myself in, in different places and, you know, but but there's something else happening because that is a connection that I had, you know, or yeah, that's a connection that I didn't force. I didn't make that connection, but there it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. I want to understand the pushback because I believe that fits into exactly what I was saying. Well, because not all connections are forced. They just happen. Mm. And sometimes when you're a magnet, magnets don't go out and seek. Magnets just are. Mm. And things that have the polarity that matches or actually is the opposite of the magnet is attracted. That's just how magnets work. It's looking for objects with the correct polarity and those things either attract or repel. Hmm. Damn, bro, that's deep. <laughs> like there's, we as human beings, we see ourselves as the physical self, the the container of our skin, hair, eyes, the things that we see on the outside. We know from science and biology, the things that are on the inside. However, there are other pieces of us that we don't register because human beings don't have the sense matter to detect it. Mm. Like we have electromagnetic waves that are radiating outside of our bodies. Mm. We have heat signatures that other animals that see by heat can easily register. Mm. We have other ways that there are potentially other ways that we vibrate and resonate on this planet that we as human beings just haven't detected yet because, well, 
just like someone had to invent the X-ray and someone had to invent the telescope and somebody had to invent the microscope. Somebody had to invent the MRI, the magnetic resonance imaging. There are ways that we're all connecting and all seeing and all existing that we just haven't developed the sensors for. Mm. Yeah. I want to, that, that brings, go ahead. Before, uh, before the telescope was invented and they thought, uh, and they thought Copernicus was crazy because he said, no, we revolve around the sun, not the other way around. Mm. Yeah. A hundred years from now, when someone invents some new way to be able to see the space in between us to detect it, that's more than air to see the quantum mechanics that connects every ounce of us together, then will a lot of the stuff that we deem as spiritual will make more sense. Yeah. I want to add this uh, to the spiritual, you know, to the, to the human, you know, a description that you gave, like, um, I, w I recently watched the Dick Gregory, um, documentary on Showtime and Dick Gregory said to his children, he was like, um, take your shoes off and run and so that the earth can communicate through you when you touch, touch on the, when there's, when there's, there are no shoes to, um, to hinder the connection between earth and you, then there's a more powerful connection because we are, you know, these electrical, you know, beings. That's one idea. And then the other thing is uh, I was watching Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson and he said, I hope I get this right. He said that we are made up of the universe and the universe and, you know, human beings are made up of four what molecules um i hope i get this right i think he said oxygen hydrogen carbon and nitrogen i mean the the greatest um percentage of any particular you know molecule i i don't know you're probably guessing my grade in in chemistry here <laughs> from my description Molecule, atom, I don't know, but like those are, that's what really, um, the highest components of a human being, oxygen, hydrogen, carbon, and nitrogen. And now, I, a couple of things, mm -hmm. a speaking of connections from a movie, um, my friend, Andre Gaines, who I went to college with was the one who directed and produced that movie. I donated to the cause cause I thought it was amazing. Uh, he produced the Dick Gregory documentary. Mm, see, now this, that, my legendary buddy, Marquise. Marquise, <laughs> uh, see, six started, degrees of separation. Marquise, be, no one, okay, go ahead. He started off, I mean, he, it started off like as a Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, B, go online and watch some of the Dick Gregory interviews. They're illuminating. Mm -hmm. They're so powerful because that man was awake like very few others. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that even more so than just the electrical connection that our shoes hinder, 
remember, we are an accumulation. Hmm. From at our conception, we're half a mom, half a dad, and whatever energy charge from that moment of spark that caused those cells to come together in more ways than one to make a you. Then for nine months, you are, your mother serves as a human filter for the world, for you. Everything she eats, everything she breathes, everything she drinks, every emotion she feels, the chemical reactions all filter in to create you. It's not magic. A human body, those cells are fueled by the cells that are around them. Your mother literally becomes you. Mm. Then after that in the world, or actually I should say you become your mother. Everything that she takes in, you take in. Yeah. Then out in the world, once you guys are separated, the umbilical cord is cut. Everything that you eat, everything you drink, everything that you breathe, everything you hear, everything through all of your different inputs become you. Filtered through, of course, the recipe that started from when they got together. Mm. But if you, if you look at yourself as an accumulation, uh, Sadhguru says it best, we are soil. Because you eat food, and at first the food is separate from you like an apple, but once you eat it, it becomes a part of you. Mm. And the part of you that uses it makes your muscles, makes your bones, makes your saliva, your teeth, and then whatever your body can't use, it ends up discarded for us in the toilet. Mm. So we're taking in the outside world constantly and then leaving pieces of it for the rest of the world to process. We're a part of that process. We're a part of the soil. We're a part of the earth. And when we die, whenever that is, we go back to the earth. We, we fertilize the soil and feed the other animals so that we become a part of this continuum, this planet that we're here in. Let me stop you there. Dr. Cornell West says we become the terrestrial delight. Wait, we become the, the, the delight of terrestrial worms? Something? Okay, th- I just had to interject that because that's, that's part of uh, Dr. Cornell West's um, his description of humanity. I'm going to find it in a second. Let me see. I'm sitting here in front of the computer. Let me just type it in. Um. Yeah, and he's right. We become, like, wherever we're buried, before we came up with caskets and cemeteries and all this other stuff, we just went back to the earth. We're just a collection of the earth, of the air, of the fire, of the, of the water. And we return, like, we're renting this vessel that we call us from the earth and all of it around us. And then when we're done... No matter who you are, where you are, no matter if you're a king or queen or a peasant, you return back to where you are, your energy states go down, and you fuel the rest of the ecosystem. I got it right here. Dr. Cornell West says, we're beings towards death. We're featherless, two-legged linguistically conscious creatures born between urine and feces 
whose bodies will one day be the culinary delight of terrestrial worms. That's us. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, man. Marquise, I didn't know it was going to get this deep with you, bro. <laughs> Well, you know, if we want, we can talk basketball, uh, but I think this is a lot more interesting. There's whole channels dedicated to the talking about that. Oh, man. I don't, I don't have much to say about um, basketball because I don't, just like the weather, man, I don't keep up with it, man. But, yeah, on a lighter note, any, I'll, you know what happened? Um, I was on a flight, and there were some brothers um, who are members of the, in, let me see, in, wait, in, wait a minute, what was it? A, I think it's A, A-B-L, African Basketball League, the A-B-L. I was on a flight with some brothers from the um, the A-B-L, and um, whatchamacallit, one of the brothers was from D.C., and another, the other cats were from um, Sudan. That's like my most recent experience with basketball, per se, because mm-hmm. like I said, I'm not following, I'm not keeping up with the with the games and all. But um, yeah, man. Well, I only pay attention to NBA playoff basketball, and when I say pay attention, that means I kind of look at the box scores and read the summaries and watch the uh, the game summaries. When it gets to the finals, I may find a TV someplace to watch it. I don't own a TV. So I have to go and hunt one down and if I want to go watch basketball. But one of my favorite players, Jimmy Butler, is on the Miami Heat. I love his story. He was a kid that grew up, I believe, in Tomball, Texas. Was put out of the house by his mother at 11 years old. 11? Yeah. Uh, He stayed with foster parents, hit a growth spurt, And, like, this kid was homeless for a while. And so his hunger that he has, he came into the league, like, the last pick of the first round. He didn't come in as this celebrated hero. He came in as as basically, man, if you make it, you make it. If you don't, it don't cost us much. Wow. And what he did was continuously made himself better every single year. And he found himself on a, you know, he – he bounced around the league a few times. He was started in Chicago. He went from – he was a defensive stopper. And if you know anything about basketball, the beauty of being a defensive stopper is all it means is you give effort. That's what defense is, is you pay attention, you're in the moment, and you give maximum effort. You move your feet, and you stay in front of the person and defend the basket. And he started there – and eventually started building up his skill sets and building up his shot making, building up the different things that he could do well. And part of the challenge he had is because he is, he comes from a background of being no nonsense. He speaks his mind because he ain't got time for the bullshit because he's been homeless before. His job is to win. And so he doesn't care about stats. He don't care about all this, the relationship, woo, woo, woo. 
he wants to win because that's how he feeds his family. That's how he takes care of himself. That's how he keeps himself out of the positions that he was in when he was younger. And the Miami Heat have a whole team full of hungry guys that have similar stories. They start two guys that are undrafted. Bam Adebayo is another guy whose like, mother lived in a trailer, and he was so proud when he was able to go and buy her a home with his contract. Mm. And so having a team of folks that just work hard, who don't care about, you know, that life, that, you know, the, the, all the trappings of what the NBA gives you. Yes. You know, you get, you, you become a six foot something black dude with a shit ton of money. Basically the world <laughs> opens up. And for some of those folks, when they get that, they just lounge around, they rest, they relax. But these are guys down in Miami and, and, and it, they have a, a bit of a mix of everybody. They just come, bring their lunch pail, and they go to work. And so I really, truly admire, like, I watch the Heat because of that. And I, I also like the Golden State Warriors because for them, it's the other way around. They're a bunch of guys that come from pedigrees of their parents were NBA folk. You have Steph Curry, whose dad was in the NBA for like 13 years, was one of the best sharpshooters ever. Uh, Clay Thompson, his dad was Michael Thompson. So they come from a pedigree background of knowing they were supposed to be what they are. And they have a coach who coached, who played with Michael Jordan and was one of the, you know, one of the premier sharpshooters. And so they built their entire organization around those abilities. And they even got themselves a Rodman-esque player in Draymond Green who plays defense and gets rebounds and can do a lot of the little things to make sure that all these guys that shoot, that come in and work hard, that have that professionalism built in because they got that professionalism from knowing guys who were professionals at the highest level of their sport. Hmm. So I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing a Miami Heat Golden State Warriors finals. But either way it goes, what I love is watching sports played at its highest level by the best people who are doing the magic that they do. I don't bother with the regular season because that's just the slog. It's because it's all entertainment. The purpose is to sell tickets and beer. <laughs> However, I mean, right? However, when you get to that level at the NBA Finals, it's a clash of greatness. Mm. And it's still a dance because there are human beings that are playing with a certain set of rules to reach a common goal. And they've defeated all takers and all comers to get to this one place to prove that they are the best. And then to be able to see where that moment where the best take on the best in this dramatic ballet that we call basketball is beauty at its best. Well said, brother. I think I'm going to have to follow your lead and maybe check out those games. At, just as you said, you know, I'm going to leave it. We're going to leave it at that because you said it, you said it and encapsulated it so well. Um, man. Marquise. Continue. Yes, sir. Continue to have a, a, a blessed day. I'm thankful. I'm grateful that you took time out of your day to spend with me to share your light, your wisdom, and 
Um, and I'm, I'm glad we were able to meet at this particular, I guess, historic juncture, man. Oh, yeah. And folks, you can follow me at Yogi Marquise on all social media platforms uh, and go to anchor.fm slash Yogi Marquise, Y-O-G-I-M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. And you can subscribe to Yogi Marquise Meditations. You'll be getting fresh meditations multiple times a week where I walk you through either sleep or work or feeling good because the idea behind our lives, this thing that we call our existence, is about chasing that feeling of happiness, joy, and goodness. And there's no reason why we can't feel good. And I can say this, a lot of times people come to this place of feeling good because they got it as a birthright. I was born to a 16-year-old mom, didn't know who my father was until I was like 11 years old. I went through, uh, I survived the, the, the crack plague uh, of the 80s that hit the west side of Chicago, survived child abuse, parental drug abuse, was poor, been on welfare, bullied, picked on, went to Northwestern University, worked for the Jerry Springer Show, had conversations with Klansmen, did every ounce of different types of either stand-up comedy or improv comedy. I've wowed crowds of every type and size. I've done politics. I've done a little bit of everything and have even been choked and tased by the Los Angeles County Sheriffs. Mm. So I know what pain and suffering is, but I also know what joy is. And once you can get your mind to that place where just like in Schindler's List, the beauty of that movie is that there were people that were in the Holocaust suffering through the most unimaginable atrocities that our mankind has afflicted upon ourselves. Mm. And they were able to find either joy or find peace or find compassion in some of the worst pieces of captivity, which teaches us that really the things that happen to us are events. Hmm. How we interpret those events are everything. There are some people that think a spanking is torture, and there are others that pay hundreds of dollars for people to give them those same spankings. <laughs> Right? Right. <laughs> so our human existence is really up to how we frame our mind. And if a person can get their mind to a place of peace, joy, and happiness, because for me long-term, Larry, what I want to see is a peaceful world. And instead of fighting in terms of politics or fighting uh, in, in terms of getting people to vote or, or getting people to behave, I'm being the peace that I want to see in the world. Yes. And if a person can tune in, if they can listen, they can take 10 minutes out of their themselves, how they are connected to all of this. Then they can take five minutes every day and see what they can do to make their life just a little bit better. And if you keep stretching out that five minutes, you'll find out that the land of milk and honey that Moses, Muhammad, Christ, King, Buddha, and Allah were spelling out is right here. Right on. At 
we don't even have to disturb the cows to get milk nowadays. We get it from almonds. <laughs> Facts. Thank you. Thank you, Marquise. Um, remember. I love you. This was awesome. Remember where you heard it first, y'all. Right here. You're at 109 right now. You're at 109 right now. Okay, Marquise. Peace and blessings. I'm going to play you out um, with a uh, some meditation from uh, a Lauren Sadon. And um, this is from her YouTube page. All right. Hip-hop, in its highest and purest form, Marquise. is a divine frequency. It's a frequency of honor, of authenticity, of perseverance, and respect. Marquise. It's a frequency that lifts yes, spirits, inspires right, belief, man. and makes us feel as if anything is possible. Again, I appreciate you, bro. It's a frequency that gives us the yep. confidence to say, this is who I am, this is where I'm from, and this is why oh, okay. you respect All right, I'll send you a message. It, it'll be very, very soon, okay? All right. It's the Have reason there's day, Malcolm bro. X Boulevard in Harlem. It's the reason you feel yeah. like a man when you put on a okay. Rock Nation hat. It's the reason Nike supports Colin Kaepernick and the reason Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was able to take down the house. This frequency is the reason why millions of people around the world have lifted Nipsey Hussle up with honor and respect as the true neighborhood and global hero that he is. Upon first glance, it may appear that Nipsey's greatest gifts were his musical abilities and business acumen, but anyone that's been touched by his spirit knows it goes much deeper than that. Nipsey comes from a blessed bloodline of true spiritual warriors. Despite challenging outside circumstances, Nipsey owned and honed his spiritual gifts by constantly seeking knowledge and truth and applying what he learned in all aspects of his life. In the book, The Seed of the Soul, Gary Zukov explains that when we align our thoughts, emotions, and actions with the highest part of ourselves, we are filled with enthusiasm, purpose, and meaning. When the personality comes fully to serve the energy of the soul, that is authentic empowerment. And that's exactly what Nipsey was, authentically empowered, or in layman's terms, a real one. If Nipsey ever touched you, motivated you, or inspired you in any way, it's because you're on that same path towards authentic empowerment. We are being called to become the highest and truest versions of ourselves, and we honor Nip's legacy when we do so. What is unique about you? What are your gifts? What sets you apart from the crowd? Visualize what it would look like and feel like to fully express your desires, passions, and ideas in your style, in your voice, in any environment, unapologetically. Are there parts of yourself that you're still hiding and holding back? What if your entire purpose, mission, career, success, and happiness depends upon you being the most unique and authentic version of yourself? Think about where you're from and the experiences, good or bad, that shaped you into who you are today. Visualize all the strong qualities you gained from your neighborhood, family, and friends. Gratefully reflect on all the people that have supported you along your journey, 
Embrace your roots, celebrate your culture, boldly share yourself with the world. That's what Nipsey did, and that's why he is held up with names like Malcolm and Jesus. If you love Nipsey, celebrate him by emulating and embodying everything about him that was great. Move with honor, be a person of principle, be authentic, show love to all people, honor your elders, fight for what you believe in, never give up, and don't rob the world of your unique gifts and story. Connect with Nipsey and tap into his frequency when you listen to his music, when you watch his interviews, and when you read the books that he read. Attune yourself to a higher power through prayer and meditation and seek the truth for yourself. Let us all hey, hey, good people. If you've made it this far, um, you know, listening to the podcast, I just want to um, let you know that this meditation, this Nipsey Hustle uh, meditation is available on YouTube. Um, it was uploaded by Miss Laura Sedon. Laura, L-A-U-R-A, last name Sedon, S-E-D-D-O-N. It is entitled Nipsey Hustle Meditation hyphen Divine Frequency. All right, y'all, go out there and have a blessed, beautiful, wonderful day. This is 10-9 signing out. Peace.